0: Welcome to Apparently, the podcast for absolutely average parents. I'm Ann Johnsos. And I'm Tracy
1: Weiner. Ann and I have been friends for a very long time. We met
0: right after college. Yeah, in our first jobs as radio producers. We spent our 20s as wing women for each other, and it didn't work out very well. But then, it did. And we found the right guys and stood up in each other's weddings. And then we had babies within weeks of each other. So we went from producers to reproducers. We make it look easy. We make it look
1: good. Which brings us to this podcast. We want to discuss topics that interest us and you, and provide some knowledge to other average parents.
0: We're average, not experts. So we'll tackle these topics with people who know what they're doing.
1: Yeah, we'll get the experts. And I fully expect to embarrass myself along the way.
0: Yeah, after season one, I'm pretty sure we already have.
1: So welcome to Apparently. We
2: make it look easy. We make it look good. When everybody sees it, they stop and take a look.
1: Apparently, despite the fact that death is an inevitable part of life, yes, we know it's coming. Death is also something that we're not really good at talking about. Yes. Especially with our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, the topic is so painful as adults, or at least for me, um, it shouldn't be much of a surprise that it would be hard to figure out a way to talk to our kids about it. For sure. It's a big, big heavy topic. Yep. Um, death is... I think we both can agree death presents itself in different ways, whether it's accidental, sudden, expected, unexpected, um, any which way you look at it, it death kind of sucks. Yeah. And it's <laughs> hard to make sense of it um, when you know it's someone you know and love. Right. The finality of it all. Last night we saw uh, we saw a movie over the weekend and there was death in it. And my son didn't cry, but he definitely was like, Whew. I mean, it's, it's it, he's done. Like, yes, he's done. It's all. It's all over. He's, he's not coming back to life. Um, I'm not going to talk about the movie though. Sadly, there's lots of stories that are presented to us every day in the news about death, like school shootings, mm-hmm. um, car accidents, drownings. You name it. Um, we're surrounded by stories that revolve around death. So, but how do we talk about death and explain this t- subject to our kids in a way they can understand and cope and process it? Right. Do you do you agree that it's in the news a lot?
0: Constantly. And um and you know, in my world we ha- we lost my dad a couple years ago and we had to talk about it and uh, and live it and live it and it um you know, as we're going to speak about the phases of grief and and dealing with death um it's true that there's like sort of an acute uh, grief that transitions and um with my kids I just had to say, you know, boots went to heaven. And that was helpful, actually, to tell them he was somewhere else mm-hmm. um, and that we just couldn't see him anymore. Um, it, by no means did it make it easy. Boots, boots—that's my dad's nickname. He didn't want to be a grandpa.
1: I never knew that.
0: You didn't know that, Boots.
1: I love your. I never, I never heard him. <laughs> that's funny.
0: Yeah. So Boots is in heaven, but we had a, we had a lot of uh, processing when we had to talk about it, and it Shh. was hard, tough.
1: Still, as I imagine. So
0: today, I'll hold your hand.
1: As, <laughs> a, as a parent, um, these are really hard subjects. And for me, um, either you just tiptoe around the subject if it comes up in the news, or you kind of struggle when it's your family member. In my family, we've only had one person. Mm-hmm. Um pass away and she was not it was um, my husband's grandmother and she was 99 she was a spitfire and it was sad but it was also we celebrated her life because she was 99 that's fantastic so in our house that's the only family member to die however we've had friends who've lost a child and it's incredibly sad and tragic and it's just hard to wrap your head around um and even where we live there's um, I'm sure you've had stories in your own neighborhoods, but like of a child drowning, uh, a high school student was hit by a car, mm-hmm. um, and even like I f- said, my friends that have had two kids die of a terminal disease right. that is was close to our family. So um, while we haven't had a family member die, we have experienced loss. Or the topic, it just wasn't grandma or grandpa or an aunt or something. Sure. So I thought maybe this would be a topic to talk about.
0: Yeah, there's a, there's a story in the news, um, recently where a little boy was killed and, um, a lot of parents are trying to grapple with explaining to kids about death and, and how could anyone hurt a little boy. Yes. Um, And I think that it's, it's, it's relevant. And I think we all need to learn the language.
1: Yeah. Well, like, do you have, see, we don't have the news on that much in my house, but, you know, after Parkland or after certain stories, like the biggies, um, you know, I'll have a cable network on or something and I'll be watching it. And my kids have come home and I've been crying right? and they're like, what's wrong? And it's, it's so hard because how do you explain
0: that? Oh, so uh, after Sandy Hook, I left CNN on the TV and went to bed and the girls woke up and wanted to turn on like cartoons. Right. And um they saw the news that someone had shot a bunch of babies. Yeah. yeah. And uh and so the question my oldest at the time said was like, H- how could God let anyone kill a child? And I was like, in fact, I said, well, maybe God just wanted that kid, those kids back with him. You know, maybe that was, God missed them. And then, of course, Sophie said, so God doesn't miss me. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, good Lord. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. So there are so many ways that we get it wrong, but, you know.
1: Or when I can't even, I can't even handle it myself. I don't know, that it just makes no sense to me what happened, like, in, a, in an accident right. where it could have been, you know, like, you just oh gosh if only blah 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 to explain that to a kid is is hard right and so i thought maybe this would be a topic so um we're going to talk to barbara coloroso she's the author of a book called parenting through crisis helping kids in times of loss grief and change She's also an internationally recognized speaker and consultant on parenting and teaching and grieving topics for the last 49 years. She's been on any major network TV show or in the New York Times, Time Magazine, and so on. So I thought she would be definitely a person as we talk about grief and loss to to talk to. Barbara? Uh,
2: Thank you, Anne and Tracy. It's, uh, I won't say a pleasure to talk about this topic, but I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity. Thank you very uh, much. It's something we all try to avoid, and its death, as you said, is inevitable. And I must say you know there are a lot of reasons um, that we handle it differently, and um, I, I had to smile when I think it was Anne who said, you know, I said that God wanted them. And then the little girl said, well, I, I hope God doesn't need me right away. <laughs> uh, you know, those kinds of things, we we then learned that that probably wasn't the best thing to say at that point. Right. Um, or when one little girl, um, her mom said, you know, we lost grandma and everybody's sobbing. And the little five-year-old said, well, Stop crying and go find her. Right, right. Uh, because we say lost instead of grandma died. That's the biggest loss is to grandma. Grandma died. She's not coming back. It's uh, over. Uh, there are no do-overs. Um, it's final, and there was a reason she died. Nobody just drops dead. There's always some reason. Um and the way we explain it to children matters in how they their own life picture forms. And also the age of the child. You might have three different kids at 5, 10, and 15, all who are going to process it differently. And it matters how they're connected. Uh, I remember a story that I shared in the book about um, a teenager coming home from university, and he was killed in a car crash. And the parents had to sit down with the 5, the 10, and the 15-year-old. And they all responded as typical 5, 10, and 15-year-olds would. Uh, the 15-year-old was angry, angry at the ambulance driver not going fast enough, angry at the police, angry at the curb in the road, angry that mom had asked this brother to come home for the weekend. He was angry. 15-year-olds are often angry uh, about a sudden death. Uh, the 10 year old wanted all the facts, which was a little taking, you know, he was very close to his brother, but he, how did he die? When's the funeral? Uh, what was he wearing? And what can, what are we going to wear? He wanted the facts, which are what 10 year olds typically want. The five year old put his arm around his mom and said, mommy, when he's done being dead, he'll be back because the five year old doesn't get that it's forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you're dealing with three different age groups, all dealing with it differently at different times. Uh, at the funeral, the 10-year-old may break down uh, where the 15-year-old's done being mad and, and is ready to truly grieve and help out the family. And the 5-year-old's still kind of trying to figure it out. So we need to look at quite a few things when we look at death. But the most important is how we tell our children about it. Uh, We tend to beat around the bush, um, and we say things like, well, I have some bad news to give you, and and the kids in their minds are conjuring up a whole bunch of things. Um, One family said that to their kids, and the one kid said, you're not really getting a divorce, are you? Uh, And mom said, no, your grandma died. (laughs) He thought the worst thing that would happen, having had a, a friend whose parents divorced, was that this bad news was about mom and dad since they were sitting together, that, that it was something with them. So you go right to the fact, you give the headline, grandma died, your brother died, a classmate died. You, you come right out with the words, he didn't pass away, he didn't buy the farm, he didn't kick the bucket, he died. So it's important that you say he died. And then you give a few facts, not too many the, depending on the age of the child what kind of information to give them, and then you be quiet. That's the hardest part, because we want to put all our uh, own philosophy in. We want to try to comfort everybody, including ourselves, when in reality, we need to be quiet to see what the child needs. Yes. Let them be the first. Let them ask questions. And it might be something like, well, what's going to happen to Grandpa's dog? You know, that's the furthest from your mind. But that's what that little child wanted to know right there. What's going to happen to Grandpa's dog? Um, Because Grandpa had a wonderful dog that the child loved to go over and visit. Uh, And another might want to know the details of the death. And another might just want to sit and cry. Or go over and give you a hug, Uh, especially older kids. So you give the headlines first then you give the facts and then the hardest part is just be quiet and let your children express what they need to express whether it's anger frustration hurt Um, uh, one thing you want to be careful of is if it's a teenager and they've had a classmate die especially someone they've been close to um, they may want to uh, if it was suicide or if it was a, a, a crazy automobile accident that shouldn't have happened Uh, they may want to go and destroy all their photos and the like of that child. This is where you can step in and say, why don't you give them to me? We'll put them away, and then we'll decide what to do in a week or so. Uh, When that that whole piercing grief of the oh know of it all is uh, beginning to move into the second passage.
0: Well, we're going to talk Um, about the passages in a second, uh, Barbara, but I wanted to ask you, in in terms of ages, um, is there an age developmentally that kids understand death. My, my kids have been talking about death since they were toddlers and um, really? fas- fascinated by it and wondering, you know, when i going to... Do you gonna, understand it? Do I understand death? Yep. So I have a strong faith that I, I do think that our souls go on. Um, but yes. my, my kids yes. have but been... But you don't
2: fully understand it. So is there ever a time that kids fully comprehend it? No. Can they begin to understand it? Yes. And it's usually around age five. They're going to feel the loss, though. I talk in the book about ages and stages. And if you are pregnant with a child and experience a major loss, your child is affected by your stress in the womb. Uh, And and infants know something's amiss because of you. Uh, But by the time they're five... It's a questioning lot at five. They want to know everything. And they have that beautiful gift of skepticism and wonder that Carl Sagan talked about. Uh, you know, they're very skeptical of things, and they wonder, why, why, why? why. Uh, and wow, it's the why and the wow. By seven, which we've always called the age of reason, uh, they can make some reasonable assessments about death. And this is where, if you have a strong faith, you might find a child getting very angry at God. Mm-hmm. Um, how could God let this happen? Ellie Grisell, uh, who wrote um, uh, "The Night" uh, and having survived uh, the uh, death camps in mm-hmm. Europe, um, he w- he raged and was angry at God. So it doesn't matter what age. If you have a strong faith, you might find. Oh my! Where have we gone wrong here? You haven't gone wrong. They're trying to make sense of it, and there is no sense. Especially if it's a, uh, a suicide is one of the most difficult. All the wise and hows and there's not a good answer. Uh, but um, the death of a child. By the way, the death of a child is the biggest hole you can put in anybody's heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jewish faith tradition has a story. It's a man died, and then. Uh, his son died and then his son died and that is called a happy story and people kind of look when you say that but the reality is they died in order Mm -hmm. having grandma die before you die before your children die the biggest hole you can put in anyone's heart is to have a child die Uh, it's out of order it makes no sense Uh, even if they were uh, critically ill It still makes no sense. Right. Um, It's a horrific loss. So we've got to honor that loss in a special way. And while we're talking about that, another part of that is, especially if we're adults now and a sibling of ours dies, we often tune into the parents of that child and forget to say to the brother or sister, how are you doing? (laughs) everybody's trying to support mom and dad because it is a horrific loss. But what about the sibling? Part of their history is gone. And so we need to be tuned into that as well.
1: Absolutely. In your book, you um, talk about something called Tao of family, and that those are three things our families need in time of crisis. Can you walk us through what they are, what T-A-O, the acronym, stands for?
2: Yeah. T-A-O is an acronym. It's like an algebraic formula. It doesn't give you an answer. It gives you a path to an answer. It's a Zen Buddhist term meaning uh, a way, not the way. There's no one way to grieve, but the way. Kids need our time, the T, affection, and a sense of optimism. They need our time. We need to turn that TV off we need to put our phones down uh, we need to tend to them make sure they're being fed now this is where relatives and friends can come in too if you've been devastated by the death of a of a child or a death of a sibling or a death of a a uh, parent that you were very close to and cared for uh, toward the end days. You may not be in any shape. That's when we need our friends and family to pitch in and know that every Friday is pizza night, so you bring the pizza over. We need to give kids that time. We need to give them the time to go through the passages of grief uh, in their own time and in their own way. Um, affection, smile, hug, and humor. Uh, You say, how are we going to ever get humor during this time? Um, It's probably the most important time is to be able to laugh a bit. Uh, Laughter helps us connect with one another. It also uh, gives us a little break. Um, And what you might find, especially with older um, children and teenagers, is some gallows humor. Uh, There was an airplane that went down in the Everglades and no bodies were found. And at the anniversary, uh, the news reporters were after asking a boy who lost both parents in that. Uh, and, of course, no bodies to bury and the like. And he looked at the news report and he said, well, at least those alligators had first class food with my parents. Oh. I mean, and people kind of looked at it. But that's how he was processing it right. with his own. And he smiled. You know, it's his own way of getting through it. So we need humor. Smile a hug, a lot of hug. And humor. Uh, They also need our sense of optimism. And I'm not talking that rose-colored optimism where all is right with the world because it's not when there's a major loss. Um, But it's that we're going to get through this. Can you get up in the morning, fix your children breakfast, and say, we are going to get through this. We, the emphasis is on we, will get through this. Now, you have to understand that your role as an adult, if your child has had a classmate die, or as my son had his favorite art teacher, died in a car accident. And uh, um, he, when the sub-teacher came in and and announced that the teacher had died, Joey wasn't hearing it from her. He left, he ran home two and a half miles, and he was out in the garage throwing pots. And my husband was home at the time, and the school counselor called and said, your son is run and a teacher had died and he said well he's out in the garage making pots and throwing them against the wall that was the way joe was handling it but another teacher who heard about that was the closest to mr collins the art teacher and she came over to see joe at noon and they both cried and then pretty soon word got around that the choleroses people were meeting in our house now my husband's a psych rehab counselor and this is my field of work you know what our job was to keep our mouths shut and provide food because the kids and the teachers that got together at our house, they were the ones who were the closest. And we, our job was to stand back and get that food out there for people to eat. But we have to be optimistic. We are going to get through this. Nothing's going to change what happened if somebody has died. It's permanent. Uh, But we're going to get through Yes, and that's why it's so important to recognize the passages of grief.
0: You talk about the path through grief and the different passages. Um, can you take us through, there the, are the, the three, right? So can you take us through those?
2: yes and i'm not talking about kubler-ross's stages of grief so many people and she did a wonderful job uh developing those stages for people who had terminal illness but we have just taken that and put them in lockstep concrete steps and so if you got through the anger then you can't go back to denial it no these passages are truly passages you never get totally closure on it you get through each one and you may be brought back to them mm-hmm. um the first passage is the piercing grief of the oh, no of it all. And that's where mom has died, and the next day you're going to go call her because you've called her. Mm-hmm. My mom died two years ago, and on her birthday and on special holidays, I still think, about, oh, well, mom would like that. Oh, well, she's dead. Um, so the, it's the piercing grief of the oh, no. That typically lasts about uh, a week. And that's why most faith traditions in the ancient traditions – Gave you seven days to mourn. Nowadays, it's three days if they're directly related to you. I think that's an error. You are truly in shock. How else could you buy a coffin for a child in your right mind? You could not. So you're in that shock during that time, and it's the oh no of it all. You want to wake up and find out it was a horrible nightmare, and it's not. It's real. So the piercing grief of the oh no. Then it moves into... The intense sorrow where everything is colored, that steel-cold gray, there's an empty place at the table. Um, the thoughts come up. Now, even at a birthday party, you have this thought about someone missing from that party. It's that grayness that covers it. Now, that can last six months to, as the Navajo say, if it was a sudden death or a death of a child or a catastrophic loss. Count on two times four seasons. Uh, which is two years. And we saw that with some of the families in the shootings in Columbine, my own community, um, where two uh, young boys killed uh, a teacher and 12 classmates and then killed themselves. Um, and for some of those families, uh, they were not ready until they'd gone through the anniversaries for two years typically it's six months to a year, but know that kids go in their own ways and ages and, and passages here. So then you have the intense sorrow. It typically lasts about six months. Um, the Irish have a tradition that you put the headstone on at the end of the year uh, of the death because then you're really ready uh, to go to the third passage, which is the sadness. There's always a sadness at a loss. Um, and I'm sure you still feel the grief of, of losing your dad. Yep. Um, he, he's present. In, in, at special moments, you say, I oh, wish dad were here. or You go to call dad. And, and But the, the sadness is tempered with the joy of getting on with your own life, because life is good. Life is unfair, and it hurts, but it's very, very good. And so it's important that we move to that third, but i got to tell you, a song can bring you back to the first passage. I've seen situations as an educator where um, a child has not been allowed because so much responsibility was put on them, especially an older child when there's been a divorce in the family and then somebody in that class suffers a major loss it will throw that child back into the first passage of grief. And you think, well, he wasn't that close to that classmate. Why is he grieving? He's reliving his own grief that he never got to really go through. Mm -hmm. Sure. So it's complicated, but it's also, uh, if we can give him our time, our affection, and our sense of optimism. And no, now, um, uh, it was either Tracy or Ann, one of you talked about your own faith tradition. Yeah. Yeah. And that can hold us in the rough times, but recognize kids will get angry, and may be angry at (laughs) their God. And don't try to explain; it's not explainable. Uh, And so you just listen to them and say, "And I put it back on yourself." I have this strong belief. Um, that, uh, there is another place that grandpa's at and it's a good place and we'll join him someday. Uh, a long, long time later. <laughs> uh, and that's another thing you, when you say grandma died of an illness, when a kid gets ill, they're worried, am I going to die? So you want to say grandma was very, 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 very ill. Put a lot of berries in there. And, uh, one of the things, especially when they reach that age of reason, They're gonna worry that they may die or that you may die. That's a horrific thing for them. If grandpa can die or if dad can die, then mom can die too. And they have this fear, listen to their fears and then assure them you're doing everything you can to keep yourself healthy because dad didn't just drop dead he had a, a, a heart attack or he had an illness that was undiagnosed, that um, that there really was a reason for the death. You don't just stop death. But, and that, look, Mom and Dad, Mom's taking good care of herself. Uh, and we hope that we all live a long, long time.
0: Sure. But, but we can never promise anything, right? You can't, you can't no, say, them, I no. promise I won't die because that's clearly that's, not true. That's a lie.
1: It's
2: no, not true. <laughs> yeah. You make that promise all you want.
1: So... Barbara, for, um, for when there's a tragedy um, in a family or in a community, is it better to tell the truth about what happened right away, like in the instance of um, a suicide or a murder or a school shooting or something, something that's in the news that's in your community? Is it better just to, like, spell it out and just say this is what happened?
2: I believe it is. Um, I had a classmate that, that I had been close to since first grade. He actually sang at my wedding, um, and he killed himself after receiving some major awards for his work. And, uh, and our local newspaper uh, wrote that he passed away. The Denver Post, since he was so well-known for his writing, actually said he killed himself. Uh, and when it was out there, then we could talk about it. Uh, because the truth will come out. And we're so afraid sometimes to tell our children, and then they have to do a research project, and they find out you lied about it now. Uh. And they'll be even angrier at you then. Sure. So uh, it's hard to tell them that, uh, the truth. But to tell them the truth now, age-appropriate, ability-appropriate, to handle it, um, a three-year-old's not going to understand that. Uh, that, that dad died or mom died or brother died, um, they can get that. Uh, the 10-year-old can understand, as best a 10-year-old can, that uh, uh, your brother killed himself. And then you can talk about the issues that underlie that, although suicide is so complicated. And you know we have such shame around suicide, and that's got to go away. We need to be able to address it. Uh, and unfortunately, sometimes it's children who find the person. We really need to be there for that, with that time, affection, and a sense of optimism for that child. Sure. Uh, but be honest; they've got to know they can trust you with the truth.
0: Okay. What about crying in front of the kids? When uh, when my dad died, I cried quite a bit. And um, my daughter said, you know, will you ever stop crying? And I said, you know, how would you feel if you lost daddy? And she was like, I feel like I'm losing you. And I did not know. That's important. Yeah.
2: That's important. Um, uh, My history here, um, I was a nun before I was married. I met my husband after the convent. No, he wasn't a priest. So we'll get that out there. (laughs) Um, But my novice directoress. Uh, her brother had died, and her sister and, her, and her, she, um, her mother went to bed, didn't want to get up. And finally, the older sister went in and said, Mom, but we're still alive, and we need you. So it's okay to grieve. But then you have to look at when grieving becomes, uh, is no longer good mourning. Uh, there's a time to grieve, but there's also a time, this is where other relatives can pitch in and do something with your children to help when they realize you're suffering through a grief at that point. Um, older kids may want to comfort you. I know when my mother died at 92, God bless, you know, um, uh, I was very sad because I'd cared for her, um, loved her deeply and cared for her during her final months. And uh, I, I would break down crying. Um, and my, my kids were all grown, and they comforted me. So you need to let your kids do that, too. But if you are, are, are crying and so uncontrollably grieving, uh, we need to have others help out. When my brother-in-law died, uh, his two children were uh, similar in age to my three, uh, and everybody was having such a difficult time with this death. Uh, and I took the, the two kids and I thought, what are we going to do? This so We went to a Walt Disney movie, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, took some of the Italians in the family back. <laughs> you know, what? But that's what these kids needed, a little bit of humor, sure. a little bit of levity. They mm-hmm. had been through so much grieving. Uh, and then by the time we got down to the house, where the Italians always come together in a big uh, group, uh, they had asked lots of questions all the way down uh, that after the Disney movie, they could ask. Sure. So there's a time. And giving kids some normal, that's what I wanted to do is they had been through such a crazy time that uh, we just needed some levity. And I think that's important and normal. And so routine. we were playing. And yes. then when they got there, they were and they dressed how they wanted to dress. And I know some people looked and went, hmm, but they each had a reason they were wearing certain clothes that were important to their dad. And so those kinds of things are important to step back and say, you know what, they have their own path, a path that they have to go through, too.
1: Barbara, what about going to the funeral? Should young kids go to the funeral? Should they be included in the process?
2: My first funeral was when I was four, and I remember it. Uh but it was an older person. Uh and the family um recognized the loss. I'm Irish, so we have our own traditions of sitting with the body for twenty four hours and by that time you know they're dead, they're not coming back, they're gray, they're cold. Um, and uh uh, but I remember that funeral, but I don't remember it as a bad thing. I remember it as uh, people were crying, but also people were telling stories about this person and bringing that person to life. And I was four. I remember it. it. It depends, again, on the circumstance, who the person is that's being buried. Um, uh, but I think involving them in some way, and especially as they get older, letting them help make some decisions, helping that one boy whose brother died. Mom wanted to put his baseball cap in uh, the coffin. And the brother said, no, I think he'd rather it be on me than him. Hmm. And she honored that. So he wore that hat to the funeral. So we've got to honor those kinds of things. Sure. Now, if your child is so broken up, having some friend, uh, offer yourself, if you know that somebody's going through a, a, a funeral and it may be difficult for them and they have a child to offer to play with them in the back of the church or uh, the synagogue or the mosque, you know, to, to be present. Uh, and being able to remove them when it gets difficult, if you need to. That's where family and friends come in. We've got to be tuned into that. And sometimes taking them to a movie, yep. you know, uh, to have a little normal. After the shootings at Columbine, there were kids who said, when are we going to do our final exams? And I know people in the community were a yeah, What do you mean final exams? We've got, uh, you know, uh, these 13 uh, people who have been murdered. Um, and, but they wanted normal. They were just saying, give me some normal. Sure. Uh, this is too crazy in my life. So don't be surprised if uh, after you bury Grandpa, who Johnny was very close to, Johnny says, can I go to a dance tonight? You know, what? No, he needs normal. Right. Uh, you know, death, death is difficult. So we've got to give our kids that time, too. Remember the time in the effect of the That'll help us all get through. Yes, I like, I like that.
0: Everybody Yes, so do I, and Barbara. I'm also
2: Irish, and uh, after my death, you know, there were lots of stories, and um, there was a lot of laughter. Still
0: laughter, Yes, it's
2: so important that we recognize that, that our children can be a, a very intimate part of that. Be open to their questions.
1: Sure. Exactly. Thank you so much for joining us today, Barbara. Barbara Coloroso, author of Parenting Through Crisis, Helping Kids in Times of Loss, Grief, and Change. Um, we really appreciate you coming on and talking, flushing this out with us a little bit as we, you know, talk about all the things that we see and hear in the news and the kids have to, to process. So. Su-
2: super helpful. Thanks. Thanks to both of you, Ann and Tracy. I appreciate the opportunity. Cheers. Thank you so much. You're welcome.
1: So... Apparently, I'm not the only one that struggles with the topic of death and how to help kids understand it when it does happen.
0: Yeah. And um, <laughs> clearly, I've, I've made some mistakes. But, you know, the idea of being honest and also admitting that n- no one knows what death is. I mean, like unless you've been through it and come back. Right. Um, so truthfully. We can't explain it. We can just say what happened and try to answer the questions.
1: Exactly the t- the time, affection, and, and optimism. Optimism. Yeah. So. Um that I found that helpful.
0: So You know that real, that's super helpful and also um remember we had an episode where we talk about caboosing where you know we say yeah. something and then we continue to talk?
1: Yes, I remember.
0: Um so this is a, a case where we need to say something and then listen
1: and have that uncomfortable silence and yeah. let them just pro- like think think it through when we're talking about yeah. it and and let it be.
0: It's so hard is- for us. <laughs>
3: Yeah.
1: So have you ever had to handle death or loss with your kids? um, Or how did you handle it with news stories in your house? We'd love to hear from you how you how you handle that topic in your house. You can check out our Facebook
0: page. You can give us a call at three three one seven zero four zero zero four six or email us at apparentlypodcast at gmail dot com. This is a
1: WGN Plus podcast. I'm Tracy Weiner
0: and I'm Ann Johnsos. Thanks for listening to Apparently.